0: It's time for honest reflection in youth ministry. The present culture is more established than ever. It's so crushing for many a youth pastor. There's a lot to be learned about youth ministry and even more to be shared. Here's to hoping that this helps, whether you are 19 and have just started or have been serving in ministry for 19 years. We hope that this weekly dose of honesty and humor To heal and renew hope for you and yours. Welcome to After Nine, the most honest hour in youth ministry.
1: Hello, welcome to After Nine. My name is Chad Higgins. Uh, I'm Zach Worgen. Zach, how are you? I don't
2: want to do this. I'm tired. I don't. I don't want to do this. You talk.
1: You're gonna do it Zach what
2: watt we why? it's summer man we've done this enough they're fine they can just whatever
1: <laughs> all right so tell everybody your... after nine just
2: listen to an old episode whatever <laughs> just there's, there's thirty two other episodes there's like twenty eight hours of after nine whatever I mean whatever it's
1: summer <laughs> Maybe you have already drawn from this, but we will be talking about a little bit of apathy today in our episode, and maybe you've felt it from some of your students. Uh, maybe you're feeling it from Zach working right now.
2: I hope that it's just radiating through your earbuds, and you can just feel it vibrating your brain cavity, just, because uh, it's that summertime, and there are just some people in your life right now, whether it's your students, your staff members, your volunteers, or maybe you. Dear youth pastor listener, you just don't even care. <laughs> Can we be that honest? Can we say that? Just uh, don't even care. I
1: mean, right. It's like, uh, <laughs> have you ever been to Walmart and you're walking through there? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, hold on, hold on. Is this, is this going to be like a sermon illustration that we're going to take away, or is this like a, like a moment? Is this like out of Chad's journal, out of Chad's like illustration book?
1: This is an observation that I made the other day. I was in Walmart, and um, I, I think I was in like the cereal aisle. Okay, and, and uh, you know, I'm walking through there looking for some Raisin Bran or uh, <laughs> whatever. And, um, all of a sudden on the <laughs> show,
2: what might catch your eye, <laughs> there,
1: there's some like w- women's sandals, right? That like <laughs> on the cereal aisle. Yeah. Cause you know that somebody was, you know, they, they picked up these sandals. They like were all band-
2: like abandoned sandals.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like abandoned okay, not, sandals. Not,
2: not like an end cap display, but abandoned sandals.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, the people at Walmart are not going, you know what? You, people that are looking for cinnamon toast crunch <laughs> also heading to the beach also <laughs> to the beach.
2: Maybe, maybe oh what if it's like shower sandals so that like you can like take the shower and have the cereal as soon, like it's like a whole morning routine thing there's like a bluetooth shower radio shower sandals breakfast cereal
1: dude if you're eating cereal in the in shower, the shower <laughs> your life is a little out of control <laughs> <laughs> you are too busy
2: too busy, or too addicted to cereal. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what? Do you, okay. What do you think would be the best cereal and worst cereal to eat in the shower? <laughs> well, I think. Uh, <laughs> I feel like the worst cereal would be
2: anything that was like chocolate staining, right? Because if it turns the milk, if it turns the milk chocolatey, the <laughs> water chocolatey, and that's not a good experience. Um. I would I would say probably the best cereal is any cereal that needs to be a little more soggy anyway. Something really starchy and brandy. So like
1: grape nuts?
2: Grape nuts, just soften those babies up. Just get them in the shower, just steam them loose, you know?
1: Whoever thought that kitty litter would make a great cereal? Like they need to really <laughs> rethink that.
2: I love the promise of the grapes, right? Like, don't want some grapes in it. <laughs> It's There's one be thing
0: okay. out there just it's looking at the grapes. Okay.
1: <laughs> just like, I like grapes. Maybe, yeah. Oh, man, that's funny. you walking in the
2: cereal i sandals.
1: When I was young, I actually thought that I liked grape nut cereal. Um, <laughs> Who was just you? Who deceived well, you? I realized it myself. self because okay.
2: This is where sin starts.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's because I... Um, what I was doing is I was making grape nut cereal, and then I was putting, like, half a cup of sugar in there. Yeah, yeah. And so would. really what I realized about myself is I like sugar milk. I like sugar. <laughs> and I'm willing to... Eat that anyway, possible.
2: You put like the grape nuts in the milk, and then put like half a cup of sugar, and then strain, <laughs> strain the grape nuts, and then just
1: yeah. The milk. You don't you don't know if the crunchiness is just sugar that can't be dissolved because there's not enough milk, <laughs> or it's actually grape Plus nuts.
2: The sugar, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, anyways, back to what I was originally saying. This
2: podcast brought to you by Grape Nuts. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: no, ring no, endorsement. Yeah. <laughs> We we may have more people that listen to our episode than eat Grape Nuts. So, like, <laughs> yeah. to like, slam our yeah. <laughs> so anyways, um, yeah, I'm in the cereal aisle, and boom, there are sandals. And, and I just got to thinking, I was like, like who who is walking through their day going, who is this person? I, Yeah, I liked these sandals like five minutes ago. And now I don't want these sandals. <laughs> I don't want these sandals. And so I'm going to put them here. Or they realize, man, cereal is a lot more expensive than I thought it was. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I can only either afford cereal or these sandals. And uh, the sandals lost out.
2: <laughs> must be good cereal. <laughs> must not have been grape nuts.
1: <laughs> but people do that all the time, right? Like there's this yeah. apathetic spirit where they'll just like a leave band. things. Yeah. What if you did that with all Walmart products, right? Like, what if you got, like
2: – I feel you, like that's the – no, 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 no. I feel like that's the defining feature of Walmart is that you can find a little bit of everything everywhere, right? Like, <laughs> you, like, turn down the TV aisle and you're like, hey, free T-shirt, you know? Like,
1: I mean, what if somebody's out there, like, getting, you know, one of the live fish and then they're just, like, leaving it in the freezer section?
2: <laughs> it's just a beta in a Ziploc bag <laughs> swimming around. <laughs> Right next to the frozy Snow Codes. By the graphic
1: tease that says I love being a gamer.
2: (laughs) Hey man, sometimes you need that swag more than that fish.
1: Oh, it's true, Uh, man. Well,
2: tell me more about this this apathy thing you wanted to talk about. (coughs)
1: Tell me why it's so important to you. Well, so, okay, so maybe, maybe I'm the only one out there. I I don't believe that I am. Um, I think that um, any youth minister has probably dealt with this at some point uh, in, in their career. We we often have students that um, may not feel as relational connected connected with your student ministry or other students sure. in your student ministry um, for a variety and, of reasons. Right? Like maybe they're yeah. like
2: maybe they're like legitimately busy or they're new in town or. You know, or maybe, maybe, awkward. They, maybe they used to come and then like they like broke up with somebody and then they didn't, but they're trying to come back. And so or maybe it's like the younger sibling that doesn't fit in with the older sibling or whatever. Like, sure. And I think I think it's important to say up front, like some of these relational disconnects may not just be the like, I don't want to be there because if the kid doesn't want to be there, that's a whole another hurdle to, to hurdle. Sure. Yeah.
1: But but so the experience that I've had in the past is sometimes. You know, we understand that, you know, events like camp or retreats or trips or whatever could be extremely beneficial for these students to get connected, to yeah. take that kind of next step of, of really being involved in your ministry. Um, but, but getting them sometimes to these camps isn't always the easiest thing, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so my question today, right, I think it's a very um, adequate after nine question is what do you do right when that that kid that you're pubbing camp for who knows how many months yeah. um you know when you're like hey are you coming to camp and they're like no you no. know what i mean yeah yeah <clears throat> what do you do why
2: because
1: <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. uh i gotta I, I gotta be busy what is what's the weirdest excuse you've ever gotten from a kid why they're not going to camp Um
2: uh, family Have you Got been- any good with family vacation and then on Facebook them posting pics of being at someone else's church camp. <laughs> <laughs> I am like there's no because the, kids like in, in many ways are nicer than we give them credit for. Uh,
1: but is, is that nice? <laughs> is that <it> just lying?
2: <laughs> it's deception. It's the self deception. Like he won't find out because we're not friends on Facebook. Oh wait we are. Uh, and so it was the, like, no, we had a family vacation that week, and the pics came back, and it was like they were at camp with like their girlfriend or whatever. Which is like, I mean, you could just say that. You could just say that. Like, I get it. You know, you guys are dating. You think she's cute, and she's not at our camp. Although, how come that you didn't bring her to our thing? And so, anyway, no, I think that was probably the funniest one where it was just like, this stings a little bit. It stings. It really does. <laughs> what about you what's the what's the the lamest or weirdest excuse you got for like why kids not coming to camp or retreat
1: um that they can't stay on their eating habits
2: (laughs) okay like like in like a vegetarian way or in like a like I'm on like a strict like diet way
1: yeah like a strict diet kind of way like
2: you're you're not paleo at camp you're not whole 30 so I can't be there
1: literally okay yeah I, I didn't know what to say to that. I was like, uh, oh, "All right, <laughs> so, sorry. sorry." You can bring your elliptical, I guess. <laughs> so yeah. Anyways, I think we have. I think we have different reasons that students probably give us why they why they can't be there. And, and, but in my mind, I think it's an important question to ask because I. I I'll be honest. I don't have all the answers on this one because. And, and it's probably more of a case-by-case basis, but for some of these students, I feel like, okay, there's probably some real need, and it's probably very healthy to really encourage, to push the student to be there, to overcome some of those things. Um, yeah. But then there's this, like, weird line of, you know, man, do I feel like I'm, like, dragging this kid there. You know yeah, what I mean? Uh,
2: yeah. Well, I think maybe the way we'd set this up before we take it to the break is to talk just a little bit about what are maybe some of the the things contributing to that and I think this is kind of the like self evaluation self reflection stuff, and I think the the kind of the three things that I think are important to check before we really go after and be like, "Hey, you need to really be at camp is what kind of event is it?" And I think, I think one of the things we got to ask ourselves, because as much as we are big proponents of a week of living together in community, uh, at camp or doing the thing or whatever, for some students, that's intimidating. Like I know that for a lot of younger students, especially, um, camp is this huge ask. And so to be in close proximity with the community of people that they're maybe mediocre about at best is is a bigger ask. I mean, like, we want to go because we're in charge of the community or we're in the thick of the community. But for those on the outskirts of the event, maybe the idea of being up from 9 a.m. to – midnight every day is just like, you know, emotionally, physically taxing in a way that it kind of frightens them, or at least the idea of it overwhelms them. So I think you need to think about how big the ask really is and being sensitive to like maybe you're asking something bigger than you realize. The second thing is I think you need to think about the kind of youth ministry community you have going on. Uh, there there are there are seasons, chapters, moments where your community of youth ministry students and leaders um, may not be ready to receive that person, right? Like, I feel like there might be times in your youth ministry where um, the kid that's a little bit different this way or, you know, maybe is super athletic that doesn't fit in with your nerd crowd. Like, you need to be attentive to that. I mean, it's one of those, like, um, you want to be a community that's for all people, but I think there needs to be a pastoral, like, attention to um, I don't know if this person might fit in as well as they could. And I want them there because they bring you know, a new voice and a new life and a new energy that's important for our community. But being aware of like, well, all these kids want to go to camp because all their buddies are there. And for this person, it's the I don't know. And then I think the third thing, and this is the hard thing to kind of lay out, um, my good friend Chad Higgins, is the kind of minister that we are that's inviting them, right? I think there is a certain kind of... Uh, confidence and awareness that we need to have that doesn't feel like overbearing or doesn't feel like desperate, that like, hey, we want you to be here, and if you can, be great, and if you can't be, um, you know, give me your reason. Maybe it's a good excuse. Maybe it's a lame excuse. Um, but I think it's that kind of like this community is, is confident to receive you. This minister is confident to receive you. Because I think there's a little bit of that energy of like we've got to have you here. we got to have you here. That can make them feel like, well, why are they so prying to get me there, right? Like, sure. and I think that's it's just a relational dynamic that we have to, as <clears throat> leadership, kind of you know, feel out in the ways in which we're leading.
1: You feel like there's a lot of pressure on youth ministers because I I can I can I feel like there have been times and seasons in my ministry where I felt there there's pressure to have more students there, right? Sure. Um, it, for multiple different reasons. One, like what's going on in their life for yeah. them personally, but then also like maybe even for ourselves, if we're gonna be if we're gonna be honest, you Ready? know what I mean? because yeah. I think sometimes we we have our own identity in how many kids are at camp, whether that's a big number or a small number. Did we you know have more I mean? than last year? Yeah, yeah. Sure. Well, I, I,
2: was I, I, th- I was gonna say I, I, think, I think it's really important and, and considering that is um, you know, How are you measuring what it is to be successful in that, right? Like, I know that for a lot of guys in ministry, for a lot of girls in ministry, that the camp thing is kind of the high water mark, right? Because there's so much energy put into the preparation and there's so much time spent in, you know, the summer, whether it's a mission trip, a mission camp, a summer camp, a leadership camp. You're going to get a lot of time with maybe more time with those students um, than you want, and that's kind of like the hope is that like they were going to you know live this out, do discipleship, life on life, faith together. But like you know, are you ready? Are you in the right kind of like mode as leader? Are you wanting them there for the right reasons, right? Because if if the ask is let's get you here to get you here, and not to have like a plan or a, like a connection point to get them involved. Then maybe we're actually doing them a disservice that, you know, alienates them further.
1: Yeah, right. We have this like added pressure on them, right, yeah, to make like, ourselves successful or succeed.
2: Dude, I wanted fifty two kids and your number fifty two. Come on, <laughs>
1: get there. You know, it becomes this kind of like
2: we we want them there for the number they offer and not the person they are. And I Ooh. think that's it's it's maybe it's harsh to say it that way, but I think sometimes we'd rather have them as one more line on the Excel spreadsheet than for the fullness of the person that they are. So. Right?
1: Because and in, in, in some cases it may be even a financial thing, right? Like right, right. Like no, you've got to have so many students at camp to make it where you're not going in the hole on camp. Camp camp's like running a business, man. Like there really is like a profit and loss thing on it, and that's and if
2: you're if you're running the spreadsheets and doing the thing. Whether it's for eight kids, 80 kids, or 800 kids, like, you, you kind of need to know, I mean, whether you're renting vehicles or buying food or whatever, you want to make sure that, you know, you're maximizing all those efforts. And so.
1: I, I think that that's good, Zach. I think that, I think we all have to remember, like, it, in this thing that we call camp, there's a very real, um, a very real aspect that we kind of have to check our hearts and our motives, right? Are we trying to get the kid to camp so we can have a bigger number that we beg for camp or do we, do we truly, you know, care for the student and, um, and the ministry and all those kind of things? Are we, are we working for the correct reason? And and that's always something to examine Um, as, after we come back from the break, let's, let's uh, dive into that a little bit more and then ask ourselves some of the questions. Maybe why are, why are some of these students hesitant to come? What are some, yeah. some ways that we can encourage students in a very positive way? Um, and then at what point do we understand, like, hey, like, we encourage the kid that can't be there. Um, and, and how do we help them build those relationships that we hope that they make at camp, even if they're not there?
2: Sounds good. All right. We'll catch you after the break, listeners, and we'll pick it up there with those questions and some encouragement for getting those students connected.
0: calling all After9 listeners. Zach and Chad are incredibly thankful for your patronage and encouragement. As we move into the next chapter of After9, we want to ask for your support. You can help make After9 even better. Please consider contributing monthly to growing After9's reach and resources by visiting our Patreon page. Go to www.patreon.com After9 to become a supporter. You can also visit slash support to learn more. We appreciate your ongoing encouragement, prayers, and support.
2: Hey, After Nine listeners, we're back after the break. Uh, my name is Zach Work, and this is my buddy Chad Higgins. And uh, we were talking today about African students who just for whatever reason seem to not want to be a part of the thing that's going on, whether that's your mission trip or your leadership camp, your summer camp, or whatever big, great, awesome stuff you have planned this summer. It just seems like there is a handful of students that as hard as you try, just seem to find ways or excuses to disengage. And so Chad is going to walk us through a little bit, I think, some of the questions about ways that maybe we can address this, um, things that we can do to make improvements, in the ways that we consider the, the event that it is, the community of our students, and then even for us as the minister as well. So Chad, we were talking about the break, um, that there's like this hesitation idea, right? Like there's kind of this like maybe, maybe the student does want to go, but there's hesitation. So let me talk us through that of like why there might seem to be this kind of like hesitation instead of just this like I want to or I don't want to for, for sure. the middle the
1: middle space. Well, you mentioned something before the break that I thought was very important um, and this coming back to the relationship with the student. And I think that that's really important to understand and know, right, with every situation. You you are going to have different things that you're trying to figure out, right? Like, And, and it, it's, I, I think sometimes we get nervous of, like, asking the kid when they're like, no, I don't want to go, you know yeah. what I mean, to really, like, pry a little bit and go, hey, you know, what's going on, you yeah. know? Why,
2: yeah, like a genuine why, not a like
1: yeah yeah and and I think it, it's worth remembering, right, when we've examined our own heart um and, and we're we're asking ourselves the question with the student, I think it's it's at least worth knowing and understanding that there is a larger battle going on, mm-hmm. right, there is a spiritual battle going on, um especially when we're dealing with. I mean, students that may not be followers of Christ and all those kind of things, that um, they're going to find every excuse in the world not to be there, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I think it's important to understand as we talk to these students, um, what, what is the reason, right? Is it, you know, is it the fact that maybe, you know, they don't want to stay away from the you know their home and, you know, it's... What am I going to eat? And all those kind of like facility type questions. Because I'll be honest, like when I was a middle school, high school kid, I did not enjoy going to camp.
2: Like we, This this is documented. This is well documented that you were the (laughs) kid that was looking for ways to get home.
1: (laughs) Like You you need to understand that that kid that you may be frustrated with right now that doesn't want to go to camp, that was me. And so like... (laughs) That turned out. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) And so... You know, there's all kinds of different reasons and, and questions. I look back at it now, like seeing um, seeing the impact that it's had in students' lives, and I realized that, to be very honest, if I'm if, if I'm going to be honest, and I can I can only speak for myself, um, the reasons I didn't want to go to camp were solely selfish. You know what I mean? There were, there were no valid reasons, um, sure. and and me s- sacrificing them in some of those ways. Uh, to overcome my own selfish desires could have been great benefits in my life. Um, Telling that to a 16-year-old kid, you know what I mean? That I have other things that I would rather be doing at home than going to some things that I didn't enjoy that well. Um, And so um, I I think we've got to understand and ask ourselves the question, what is going on? Um, but I think for some of our students, maybe they feel this lack of connection with the other students, maybe even yourself in your ministry. And so for them, they're really putting themselves out there of going. They may have a great time. They're, they're actually
2: risking more than anybody else. And I think we need to like, name that risk, right? Like they, they don't have the guaranteed best friend going there. They may feel like the small group leader doesn't care about them as much as somebody else. And they may feel like you just want them there to add a number. I think we need to address that risk, but they feel like for them to go, it's a, it's a bigger ask than for your like, core, hardcore leadership student to go.
1: Sure. Well, they, they don't feel like they're connected. They feel like you know it. But then there's this like catch-22, right? Like In your mind, you're like, okay, you don't feel connected with any of the other students, so that's why you don't go to camp.
2: Well, that's why you don't feel connected. <laughs> that's why you don't feel
1: connected, because you don't come to any of the you know fun things. Yeah. And so it's this, like, never-ending circle, right, that is never going to get fixed. Yeah. Um, and so that's frustrating. That's hard. Um, and and it's like, what do you tell a parent, too, when they're like, well, my kid's not connected to any of the other students? And you're like, well, it's because they don't come. And it's if like, they do come, they just sit over in the corner and play on their phone. Yeah. So that's...
2: And I think, I think naming that's important. And I think the practical wisdom, at least for today's episode, is this is the moment where you are either empowered as the pastor to go be the one that seeks after the one, uh, and and let the 99 be in the fold, or you have other shepherds, adult leaders, student leaders that are about that work. And I think this is, this is again, like, I mean, everyone makes their own choices. Everyone has their own agency for the things that they want to be involved in or not be involved in. But I think in youth ministry, for students that are on the bubble, on the fringe, like they come sometimes, they've voiced a little interest, or they used to be involved. This is the moment where you can empower these kind of shepherding leaders, both adults and students, to go be the connectors for these other kind of fringe or bubble students. This is where... You know, not just you asking um, through announcements or email or phone calls, but them saying, man, we'll be in the same small group. It'll be great. I want to get to know you. I want to hang out with you. Uh, It's the small group leader saying, oh, we have so much fun. Uh, I'll be there. I'll be your leader. It'll be great. And I think these are the ways that you kind of stack up that support. So it's not just from the pastor making the ask, you know, hey, come. But this is the other people that will surround them and engage with them. On their level, and then also in ways that they're excited to engage. I mean, I think that's the way that you shift. um, We talked about it at the break, Chad, the culture of your ministry, that what's going on, especially for events or activities or camps that are meant to be this kind of outreaching kind of event, you've got to have the support beyond yourself that is about that work, or at least create the space in your own self so you can be about that work. Yeah. Um, this, This, I mean, it, it's hard to be the one that is with the 99 and going after the one, right? Yeah. Like I mean, that's, we have to – we've got to think of ourselves as the right kind of shepherds or at least the kind of shepherd of shepherds that's empowering people to do that work.
1: I, th- you know, I think that's good. I think – and that leads us to a place of really caring for our students. And, yeah. and, and I want to remind us as, as listeners here that what we're talking about is really easy to see when you may be frustrated with the amount of students that are at your camp. Yeah. Um, but I also want to remind, like, guys like me and yourself that sometimes, even when we're satisfied with the amount of students that we have in our camp, there are probably still those students out there yeah. that don't feel connected. Yeah. But it's much harder for us to see because we're not, like – you know, thumbing through like all the students in our ministry going, Hey, where's so-and-so, you know what I mean? We
2: feel at capacity, right? That's one of those, like, I feel like we should always be challenged by um, the capacity that we're at. Uh, And this is, again, this is go back to the thing of like, uh, you know, if you feel like you've got everything that you can do, then start giving some of it away (laughs) so you can find new things to do. Like if you don't, don't get saturated to the point where you're like, I have this, I'm fine, whatever. I mean, if we've learned anything in this journey of youth ministry together, it's that kids are always getting older, kids are always graduating out, and kids are always graduating in. We need to be very mindful and thoughtful because whatever group of students you have only exists in a very temporary kind of way, right? Uh, Within less than a year, that group's going to change again and again and again. And so we have to be super diligent in the ways in which we are um, connecting with students and pulling students, not just – through our ministry but into the community of faith that grows them
1: very good well awesome Zach man i, I uh
2: well have I convinced you are you are you ready to come to camp with me this year
1: I actually <laughs> am coming to camp with you this year so
2: I... do you feel like our time I mean you know every Friday we get together and record and I just want you to know like you'll be with me like you'll you'll we'll be together for a week and it'll be great you know like it'll be our time together like that midday stuff, you'll get to teach and lead. At night, you'll get to help MC. It'll be fun. It'll be great. I mean, it seems like a thing that would be pretty much right up your alley. So what do you think, man? Would you want to sign up for camp?
1: What kind of food is going to be
2: it? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you just list your dietary restrictions at the bottom of the page. Um, Am we're
1: I going to be hot? That was always the. Uh, I,
2: <laughs> Will the AC be working outside as well as inside?
1: <laughs> um, you know what? I think I'm going to come to your camp and I'm going to treat it like I'm back in seventh grade. Okay, well, I'm gonna,
2: that's great because I, I have you with my seventh grade. Board.
1: <laughs> I'm going to bring. I'm going to bring like seven different types of Twizzlers and no clean underwear. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Uh, That's ex- Jack, We really look forward to having you at camp. Make sure to get your parents to sign that release form. <laughs> we, we'll need that turned in before we leave on Monday.
1: <laughs> All right. You're the man, Zach.
2: All right. Well, thank you listeners so much. Again, uh, this is Zach and Chad after nine ministry. You can follow us on Twitter at after nine ministry or like us on Facebook after nine or you can check us out at our homepage at www.afternineministry.com, find ways to support and connect with us there we're so excited to bring you fresh content all summer and give some big announcements and exciting changes for us as we go into this fall hope you stay with us stay encouraged and be about the good work of ministry
0: thanks for listening to After 9 join the community and continue the conversation on Facebook Twitter or visit after
2: Does okay. that give it some framework? No, I, I think I think we start. I think I think we culminate everything in the the ninety nine sheep and the one sheep, um, and that sometimes the shepherd goes after the one sheep. Um, but the shepherd goes after the one sheep because he knows the sheep's by name, and that's um, I don't know. I, I feel like sometimes we want the apathetic kid there um, because we feel like they ought to be there, and we haven't gotten to know them enough to know why they're not being there. Right? Like this is the